Welcome to the Virgin America Spectrum. In a high stakes, high tech world, what my robot sees, he kills. He will build his own destiny. I've never seen anything like it. He has a shadow function. Watch me. Hugh Jackman. People want to see something they've never seen. You're a bad, bad brother. We'll see. We fight as one. Real Steel. Rated PG-13. Hello, everyone. This is Rico, and you are listening to Treks in Sci-Fi podcast episode number... 352 for October the 9th, 2011. That little clip you heard at the beginning of the show is uh, one of the TV trailer spots to the new movie called Real Steel, uh, which is in theaters now. It uh, stars Hugh Jackman, and it's basically sort of a fighting robot film with a lot of heart, and and I'm getting and hearing a, a lot of great reviews for it, and I definitely want to see it really soon. It's It looks great. I'm a I'm a big fan of, you know, fight and boxing movies, even though I'm not really a fighting boxing fan. But when it's in a film or a TV show, it kind of has that way of pulling you in. I love the original Rocky. And and this one looks uh, to be really good. It's kind of a father and son tale, too. So uh, I definitely want to see this uh, very soon. But uh, other than that, uh, on today's show, we're going to be talking about uh, a Voyager episode. We haven't done one of those in a little while try to rotate it around and uh, Voyager is kind of up to bat and we're going to look at the episode. Uh, This one's from season four and it is called Living Witness and if that doesn't uh, jog your memory, uh, this is kind of a tale uh, of the doctor in the future sort of uh, explaining Voyager's history to a group of aliens that have kind of gotten the wrong idea of the starship and the crew and how they act. And it's a, it's a real fun episode. You get to see the characters and crew acting a lot differently than, than normal, and uh, I think it's an enjoyable one to, uh, to do a podcast about. So that's going to be the main topic. We'll talk about some other stuff like television, movies, and, and things going on in the world of Trek and other you know related geeky topics. So sit back and uh, get ready for the ride. Again, greetings, everyone. I hope everyone's doing well. It's uh, been a uh, kind of a hectic, uh, busy, and kind of a little bit crazy uh, week for me this last week. 
kind of a uh, quite a few things, some new things going on, and uh, but uh, but everything's good, and uh, it's good to be podcasting a- again, and good to be doing sort of a classic Trek uh, style uh, cast. I've got uh, you know the Voyager episode we're going to be looking at, Living Witness. Actually, I didn't mention, but I'm going to do kind of a a little uh, sort of a mini collectible review. It's actually about a Star Trek book that I'm going to talk about later on the show, and uh, so it's going to be fun to. Uh, to do uh, what I like to do on Sunday mornings. <laughs> Hope everyone enjoyed. It seems like it was a pretty good hit. Uh, enjoyed the look at the Godzilla film last weekend. Uh, also, I wanted to make mention here before we get too far into today's show, I want everyone to start thinking about sending in those recordings of spooky and scary stories for the Halloween cast on the, uh, October. It'll be on October 30th, I think the day right before three weeks from now, right? Yeah, three weeks from now on October 30th, the day before Halloween, I'm going to do a special show, hopefully to have, you know, several uh, audio clips from you guys, you know, telling me your favorite scary stories. And this is more of a fictional thing. I think uh, in the past, I remember doing something where people sent in uh, something, a a scary moment or, or something that, that, uh, they experienced growing up, something like that. But this is supposed to be you actually just sort of reading or telling a a tale, telling a story that either you found somewhere in a book online or that you made up yourself, whatever you'd like, uh, just, uh, you know, get me those audios as soon as you can, you know, the better, the sooner, the better, it's easier, get it out of the way. And, uh, rather than having them all, uh, coming in on the 29th. I know how that works sometimes, but I always try to give people some heads up because everyone's busy. Everyone's got all kinds of things going on in their lives. And, you know, the, you know, just sort of jot it down on a little sticky note, put it by your computer and uh, put a date on there of about October 28th, 29th to get it to me by then would be uh, fantastic. Bloody fantastic. I always want to put the word bloody or, or, or just say brilliant, you know, like the British. So, uh, Anyway, uh, let's see. What's going on? What's going on in the world of sci-fi and geeky entertainment? Uh, I, I did want to make mention kind of a, a, a little bit of a sad thing, but for all of us geeks and computer nerds, uh, you know, we lost Steve Jobs this past week. He obviously, he made such a uh, kind of a, just, a you know, an undeniable mark on, on in the world of computers and technology and, and made a lot of, you know, just gadgets that people seem to love and go gaga for and i'm not going to get into the you know one of the things that that, that's always seems to come up in these situations a little bit is how much he influenced it how much people that work for apple and 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 designers a lot of things it doesn't really matter when it comes down to it i think everyone realizes that without steve jobs they're kind of steering the the apple ship uh things would have not maybe gone the way they did so uh definitely a sad loss and especially since he just kind of stepped down fairly recently uh and uh you know the guy just kept going and uh you know we owe a lot to him and i think uh there's a lot of people out there that are um pretty uh bothered by it and i think i heard something like everyone was in buying apple gadgets of course the slightly ironic thing is is he passed away like the day after they announced the this new apple iphone 4s they're calling it uh, and uh, it's i think the pre-orders are up for that now i think they went up on like friday I'm kind of interested in, in that device. I, I think uh, it, it, it's still just just so hard for me to think about spending nearly a hundred dollars per month to have a you know to pay for a phone and have the data plan. Uh, I just I always say that I'm always near the internet or a computer pretty much, 
for the most part. I'm not a guy who travels an awful lot, uh, so uh, either for work or even outside of work. If I was somebody who was on the road a lot, I would probably find a lot more use for it. But, you know, it's it's just difficult. You know, I could probably, yeah, I could afford it, but do I really need it? I certainly don't need it, but do I want it? Yeah, kind of. But now I'm also starting to think that maybe it'd be better to just wait for the iPhone 5. But, you know, that could be a year away. Who knows? So, it, you know, each time they come out with something, it's like there was the iPad, iPad 1, and that kind of go, eh, I'd like some, you know, few little tweaks and better, you know, and maybe maybe wait for the next one. And then when, even when the iPad 2 was uh, announced and was released, I was kind of like, eh, maybe I should wait for the iPad 3 because, you know, that's going to maybe have a better screen resolution and some other things. You know, so there's always, especially in technology, always going to be something better coming along. And you, occasionally you just have to jump in and go, nope, nope, I'm going to buy one now and, and, and just keep that for a bit, maybe pass it on to somebody else and then eventually buy yourself a new one in a few years or whatever. So uh, actually, probably technology-wise, what I really want to do is up, upgrade my main computer uh, that I've pretty much haven't done a lot to in it's uh, over three years now. I think the only thing I've really updated to it, I've done two things. I've I got a, a newer video card about a year ago, and then I also added a Blu-ray uh, uh, drive to it as well, those two things. But other than that, it's still pretty much three years old. Uh, but anyway, so this isn't the technology, as I say many times, not the technology podcast, but uh, the you know geeky trek and, and other stuff. And I, I don't know, I feel a little nasally today, so I hope that's not coming across too much. I, I feel okay. The weather here has been great. Uh, we had um, just a beautiful last couple of days. We were about 80, I think, maybe yesterday. I was actually out cutting the grass and doing things outside. I was working up a pretty good sweat, so it kind of felt good. And today looks like it's going to be pretty much the same. I want to say happy birthday to my brother. My brother Joe's uh, birthday is today. We're actually going to go over there later uh, to my mom's and have a little birthday thing and dinner and stuff. So I haven't been over there in a while, so that's going to be good. Um, but let's talk uh, about t television. I, I think I brought everyone up to speed last week on my thoughts for the current TV season. I got a, maybe a few more things. Uh, I've kind of given up on the secret circle and uh, the new Sarah Michelle Geller show, Ringer. It's just there's too many shows, and there's also shows still coming that I, I definitely want to see, and I think I'll enjoy even more, like like Grimm and Once Upon a Time. So those two have been dropped off my TiVo. Uh, the the, uh, the show that I'm still really enjoying of the new season is Person of Interest. Uh, it is uh, really cool and, and is a lot of fun. It's on Thursday night, so everyone should be watching that. Uh, Dexter is back. Uh, it came back last week. That's not really a sci-fi or geek show, but it's something that I enjoy a lot uh, and really uh, have been following. I, I saw the next episode of Terra Nova, so we're only two episodes in, but a lot of people seem to think this was kind of a weak episode. I, I thought it was okay. Uh, it, it's it, it's going to be a tricky series, I think, in general. I still think it's going to have some trouble catching on due to um, just a lot of reasons. I, you know, it's it's also a little bit of a concept that's kind of been sort of done in a way before. Uh, you've got this, you know, group of humans trying to make their way in this kind of crazy, you know, world that's got dinosaurs and dangers around them and, and other things. Uh, it's it, Again, it's hard to say how it's all going to turn out, but uh, I'm going to keep watching. What I'm really looking forward to, actually, that's coming back, I think next weekend it's coming back, is The Walking Dead uh, we, we got the first season, the first six episodes, 
uh, which was only the first season. We only got six episodes last year, and now we're getting a season two, which I think is 13 episodes, so we're almost we're, we're getting more than double the episodes, a little bit more like a real season, still not even really up to normal primetime network TV, which we get about 20 or so episodes a season. Yeah, that's coming back. I believe, I'm pretty sure it's next weekend, maybe next Sunday. You know, check your, as they say, local listings and times. But I think this is a very cool, really just uh, in kind of a, a very surprising uh, series to me. I, I've known about the comics for a long time, but I've never read them. And it just, it, there's something about this show. You know, you talk about the show to people and you say, Oh, yeah, it's a show about sort of like the almost the end of the world, except for a handful of people and there's zombies everywhere. And you don't really exactly know what caused it, uh, but they're all trying to survive. And it, it comes off kind of sounding a little bit cheesy and dumb, but it's it's a lot more than that. The characters are really interesting. There's a lot of uh, diverse people on the show in terms of their, you know, the actors and the characters themselves. The, it, it's just, again, Difficult to describe, but I think if you watch some of it, and I think they're going to be replaying, uh, it's in, I think it's a AMC uh, show, but they think they're going to be replaying those six episodes. So, you, you know, you don't have a whole lot to get caught up on if you didn't watch the first ones last year. So uh, I would definitely highly, highly recommend uh, catching up on The Walking Dead. I think you'd find it a, a cool show. I, I do have to say, it is, it is certainly not a show for, for kids. And, and it's pretty graphic in places, you know. They're dealing with zombies, and let's just say a lot of them have to get killed. It's kill to be, kill them or, or they get you. So uh, there are some pretty intense graphic scenes in, in this TV series. So if you've got a weak stomach or you're a little squeamish, I don't know. It might not, might not be quite uh, the series for you if that's the case. Although I think in general it, they, they do it in a, in a good way. I don't think it's really gratuitous. I... It, it's necessary. I mean, this is what the show is about to a degree, so they have to show some of that. So anyway, uh, what else is, uh, has been catching my eye? Uh, I think that's about it. Sanctuary came back. Uh, we got the season finale. Oh, that's what I'll talk about, even though I'm not going to say hardly anything because I don't want to spoil it. But we got the season finale of Warehouse 13, which is uh, one of my favorite shows uh, on the Sci-Fi Channel, and and certainly one of my favorite shows that shows uh, was airing over the summertime, and I just love the the characters so much, the gadgets that they they or the artifacts that they collect, and and it's just very well written uh, and, and well produced, and, and just a fun show and, and a and a pretty serious show, and especially this season finale uh, was very serious, and a lot of things happened on it. It was two hours. Well, two hours with commercials, probably about an hour and a half without, you know, as you zip through them or whatever. But uh, some big, big things happen. Really pretty, <laughs> really big stuff, especially towards the end. And uh, I don't want to spoil it, but it was pretty intense. And I, I, I'm going to be sad a little bit, just, you know, or, or, or wishing we got it back. I think, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm remembering correctly, but I don't think we have to wait all the way till next summer. I think it will be back sooner than that, but I'll have to check on that, and uh, I'll try to put that uh, up either in the podcast notes or or somewhere. But you guys can check too, 
you know, just go over to SYFY, go to SciFi.com, and I'm sure there'd be something up there about it. But it's it, it's great. Uh, I love it, and uh, it uh, they did a great job with the season finale. Certainly, uh, they ha- let's just say they have a habit of having the the finales end in sort of a a cliffhanger situation where something pretty big happens, and and this one was no exception to that. So uh, that's a bit. Of, that's about all I'll say. <laughs> we'll talk more in the future. I'd like to do sometime. Maybe I'll do a Warehouse 13 podcast and talk about uh the whole series as much as i you know up till wherever point it's at uh i mean i'm starting to you know gather some more parts for this farnsworth which is the little communicator device that they use on the show uh they sort of most of the gadgets on the show have this sort of steampunk or a mix of technology and old old style things on it and i like that it's it's very cool i've always enjoyed those kinds of props and gadgets and uh, the the um, Tesla guns that they use are pretty neat. I'd l- love to make a replica or get a replica of that sometimes, sometime. And I think QMX is uh, is making a Tesla, and they made a Farnsworth too, but they're kind of expensive. The Tesla is like over a thousand dollars, and uh, you know for that much money, I want it to be actually be able to Tesla people and blast them. But uh, the uh, the Farnsworth, I think, is only maybe about 400 for the one that makes, you know, sounds and lights up and stuff. It's still expensive, but not not quite in the uh, Tesla category of price. So uh, that's about it. And then uh, I don't think I talked about it. Maybe I did. But, the you know, we got uh, the end of the Doctor Who also ended, uh, a, was it two weeks ago now or was it just last weekend? I think well, maybe it was just last weekend, and time, gosh, sometimes time seems to move fast, sometimes it moves really slow, but uh, anyway, that, I enjoyed the season finale, and uh, again, it's going to be a, a, a wait, well, we're going to get a Christmas special, I think, right? Uh, we'll get another uh, Doctor Who, we're also going to get a Warehouse 13 and Eureka Christmas special, so that's really cool. I'm glad that they started to do that with those shows. They did it last year, and this year they're going to do it too. And it's really nice because they're, they're shows that air kind of more during the summer. So to get something in the middle, you know, at, during the holidays is a nice little special treat, a little present uh, for us. And uh, But Doctor Who will have a Christmas special. And then it, I think the, the next season or series will start, uh, I think it's either late summer next year or into the fall. So we're, we're probably about a, you know, a little less than a year away. We are actually uh, going to do... Uh, a podcast about Doctor Who next weekend. Uh, we're going to have that going uh, with Meds, Casey, Kenny, and myself. I think we'll all be there. And so we're going to talk about the sort of last part and last half of the most recent uh, series or season of Doctor Who. I have a little clip that I thought I would play for you. There was a, this wasn't in the last episode. I think it was the second to the last episode uh, where they have a little Star Trek uh, mention on Doctor Who. So let me play this little clip for you now and, and I'll be right back. All right, there's more. Just between you, me and Stormy, don't want to fight to meet punters. Someone's been using a teleport relay right here in this shop, missing people last seen in this area. Before you ask, CCTV's been wiped. A teleport? A teleport? A teleport, like a... like a beam-me-up teleport, like you see in Star Trek. Exactly. Someone's been using a beam-me-up Star Trek teleport. Could be disguised as anything. But a teleport in a shop? That's ridiculous. What was that? Was that the lights again? 
Yes, that's it, that's towards the lights. Why did you say that about that? He has a teleport in this shop. Yeah, so that's uh, a, a little bit from a recent Doctor Who episode. I, I like that. It was kind of fun uh, to see them mention Star Trek. You know, you know, two two franchises, Star Trek and and Doctor Who, that have been around for a very long time. Actually, started well, close to the same time or so in the '60s, right? I think maybe Doctor Who even was a little before Trek. I don't know the exact when that started, but uh, I'm sure all the British guys that listen to the show are all yelling at their at the their iPods right now or whatever as they're listening. But the uh, you know two big sci-fi franchises. It's nice that they you know make mention of them on uh, on each of them. Uh, what else? Uh, I think that's mostly it. Uh, the Phase Two guys, Star Trek Phase Two, also uh, known or was known as Star Trek New Voyages, have put up a few new clips from one of their episodes that they're working on called Mind Sifter, which is in production uh, now. And they've got uh, the a couple of them. Actually, they've they've got two or three episodes all working at the same time now or working on them at the same time. Mind Sifter, though, I'm really interested in because I love this short story. It was done, uh, the short story was uh, printed in a book uh, of short stories for Trek a long time ago, and they uh, it was by uh, a lady named Shirley, let's see how you say her last name, Mayowski or something like that. Anyway, she uh, was uh, one of the co-founders of what's called the Star Trek Welcome Committee, which was kind of a one of a very early, one of the very early Star Trek fan groups that was out there, you know, back even way before the internet was around and people had to correspond through regular mail and have newsletters go out for Star Trek clubs and fan clubs. But the Star Trek Welcome Committee was uh, was sort of the one of the earliest, if not the earliest, of these big fan clubs that was formed. And she wrote this story called Mind Sifter, which basically tells the tale. If you remember in the original series episode, uh, Errand of Mercy, they mentioned the Klingons have this device called a Mind Sifter, which they're they're threatening to use on, on Kirk and Spock. I think mostly uh, Spock at the time. But anyway, to get information out of someone, they have this device that will pull this info out of their mind, but that they won't... Um, they won't uh, be very uh, good or, or it'll, it will basically chew pieces out of their mind. It will kind of mess them up. It, it will sort of lobotomize the person to a degree. And this the story centers around the fact that the Klingons get a hold of Kirk. They want some information from him. They use this mind sifter device on him uh, partially. If I remember the story, it's been a, a number of years since I read it. And then uh, what happens is uh, through a series of things that happen and circumstances, he gets thrown in the past on Earth back in the like 1950s era. And he's slowly trying to get his memories back and figure out who he is and what, where he's at and what's going on. And it, it's, it's a complex story, but it, it's got a lot of character, a lot of heart, and a lot of uh, emotion going on in it. Uh, there's a lot of similarities to the story of uh, City on the Edge of Forever and, and other things. And the crew is still trying to go on without Kirk. They've lost him. Spock is kind of taking command. And he's getting a lot of resentment from various members of the crew, especially like Dr. McCoy. Again, it's a very, very good story, a great one for them to pick to do an episode around. 
Uh, and I, I always thought back in the day of like doing the original Cruise uh, movies that it would have made a great movie uh, with the original crew. So, uh, so this I'm really looking forward to what they do with Mind Sifter. But just check out, uh, just go over to Star Trek. I think Star Trek New Voyages, or just search for that, uh, and uh, you'll be able to see them. They've got some uh, preview clips up on uh, YouTube and a couple other places. Uh, so um, just check it out. Uh, they, they do a great uh, Star Trek fan film production. I think probably the best out there, in my opinion, uh, both in terms of the stories they pick, the production values, and all of that. So check them out as soon as you can. And with that, we need to take a, a short break, and then I'm going to come in back with, uh, a, well, we're going to get into the Voyager episode, Living Witness. Attention, attention, it's finally here, the first and only podcast dedicated to one of the most groundbreaking television series in history, MASH. Join the hosts of MASH 4077 Podcast, Kenny, Meds, and Al, as they discuss their thoughts episode by episode. They will also share with you some little-known behind-the-scenes information, trivia, and so much more. Find them on iTunes by searching MASH 4077 Podcast or online at www.mash4077.podbean.com. All right, here we go with Living Witness uh, from Season 4 of Star Trek Voyager. When diplomacy fails, there's only one alternative. Violence. Force must be applied without apology. It's the Starfleet way. Then our philosophies are in agreement. Will you help us? You're asking me to fight your war, destroy your enemy. I'm asking you to intimidate the Kyrians with your technology. Help me capture their leader. This ship has superior firepower. He won't risk a conflict with you. We risk life and limb. So your people can annex Kyrian land. Sounds like a good deal for you. What do we get? Away home. You know more about Voyager than you've let on. Your reputation in this quadrant precedes you. That's why we sought you out. I'm listening. There's a cyclic wormhole five days journey from here. We know where it is and we can help you stabilize it. So we have uh, a little different looking oh, Janeway here, and certainly differently acting. Sixty. She has black gloves, years. a black turtleneck under her uniform on. I want all tactical data regarding your little war. Kyrian defenses, the position of your own forces, everything. You'll have it within the hour. And for her to say, you know, violence is the Starfleet way, now what's going on? We don't quit. Kyrian fighter ships approaching. Neelix is on Army the bridge. Things look different. Channel open. This is Captain Janeway of the warship Voyager. Break off your attack or I'll destroy you. They are not responding. They're returning fire. Shields are holding. Chakotay. Any luck tracking down their leader? Not yet. We think Tedron has gone into hiding. I thought he might. We'll have to flush him out. 
What do you suggest? Biogenic weapons will infect the most populated Kyrian territories. The doctor's nearly done working on the weapon. Our conflict is with Tedrin himself, not with his people. They're innocent. The best way to bring down a rumor is to make his people suffer. Captain. This is no time for half measures. You wanted victory. You're going to get it? Bridge to sick base status. We have established a data link between my neural net and the phaser array. I am reconfiguring the beam to carry a bio-agent into the planet's atmosphere. When will it be ready? It is ready now, Captain. Phasers are online. So the doctor is like city. connected into a, the computer system. He looks different. He's got these weird eyes. And Voyager now looks quite a bit different too. They're showing the ship. It's got weapon arrays on it. Warship Voyager, one of the most powerful vessels of its time. Armed with photonic torpedoes and particle weapons, this ship of destruction could wipe out an entire civilization within hours. On this particular day in history, we were lucky. The death toll could have been much worse. By the time Voyager targeted our major cities, Tedrin had already begun an evacuation. Thousands of lives were saved. Unfortunately, it was only the beginning of Captain Janeway's onslaught. As you'll see, her actions would have a lasting effect on our world. Even today, 700 years later, we are still feeling the impact of the Voyager encounter. Yeah, so they're they're watching a monitor of all this this transpiring from the past 700 years ago, and so now we're getting into the intro here. Let me dial the music back a little bit. Yeah, so things, uh, it, you know, the, there's a group of people there, a group of aliens watching this happen, and they're like, we're as the audience is going, is this did this really happen? Is this something that they you know manufactured for some reason what's going on here it's a good teaser definitely for the show get you interested in wanting to see what's going on certainly the crew and the the ship and everything look quite a bit different than we're used to the episode was very near the end of season four uh, for the series it is was first aired on april 29th 1998 uh the teleplay is by brian fuller brandon braga and joe Manoski. Story was by Brandon Braga, and it is this episode. It was the directorial debut uh, for Tim Russ, who plays Tuvok. He directed this episode and also appears in it, of course, too. And he had been wanting to direct for for quite a while, a couple of years. And the way Trek worked was that you sort of had to let it be known to the people in charge that you wanted to direct, and then there was a process that was gone through. You know, you would try to kind of watch what was going on, learn everything that you possibly could learn, and there was sort of a little list going, and then eventually your your time and turn would come up, and it, that whole process would take a couple of years, and finally Tim's Russ number kind of came up in this ep for this episode, and they gave him they gave him uh, the chance to direct it, and I think he does a good job. There, there's a lot of differences in this episode versus a typical Voyager episode, and you get, uh, you get a really good feel for the way he directs. Now we're I'm back into Voyager itself. How many people were on board? We believe they had a complement of over 300 soldiers. Did they attack other worlds as well? Well, we aren't certain. Records of Voyager's travels through our quadrant are incomplete. 
But it's safe to assume that they interfered with many other cultures, yes. Tell us more about the Borg drones they kept on the ship. Voyager had many weapons at their disposal, including species they'd assimilated along the way. Borg, Talaxian, Kazon. They were captured and made to work as part of Voyager's fighting force. Let's resume the simulation, and you can see for yourself. Yeah, so again, this all doesn't really make sense to us. This certainly didn't, like, Janeway and her you know, are on the take mounting their slaves assault. to work on the now, ship. What you are about to see is graphic and unsettling. These aliens Status. have, like, these little nose pieces, Status. the typical alien look. Dead. That's it? The bioagent is still dispersing through the atmosphere. The fatality rate will be 300,000 soon enough. How soon? Best guess, one hour. Why do you always keep me waiting, Tuvok? My apologies. Preparing to fire again. Double the yield. Captain, don't you think that's excessive? You picked a bad time to have second thoughts, Ambassador. I want them defeated, but... But this is genocide. Defeat, genocide. My quibble with semantics. This wasn't our agreement. This episode, the, uh... We're going to defeat the Kyrians, and you're going to keep up your end of the bargain. This episode was uh, actually, um, there was a story pitch by a guy named Rob DeBoard. Uh, Ensign? He was our writing partner of Branham, uh, Brian Fuller. I was going to say Brandon Braga. And basically, his premise was the doctor was in the future, and he was being sort of revived by some artificial intelligence that had holograms that had sort of become intelligent, and they thought of him as sort of their ancestor. And but they changed things a little bit. The doctor is a big part of this episode, but they changed that premise a fair amount. I can keep this up all day. Tell the commander what he wants to know. Now we have Ensign Kim sort of beating up this guy with Chakotay watching to get information out of him again. This has a very mirror, mirror kind of quality to it. I'm a man of peace. My native people are enlightened, non-violent, much like your own. Chakotay has a, a tattoo on, instead of just on his forehead, um, part of his forehead, it's on his whole like left side of his face. Maybe we can end this conflict. Stand aside, Chakotay. Let me hit him. They say Chicote differently in this damage. too. I remind you, he must still be able to speak. Yeah, the doctor has these weird like contacts or something making his eyes this look strange. Solvent, a clean and efficient inducer of pain. Far more effective than your crude attempts at persuasion. Everyone's kinda of wearing these black no gloves looking very evil like here too. Behind your eyes. The chemical is dissolving your optic nerves. I'll ask you again. Where is Tedrin? The pain will increase exponentially until your cerebral cortex begins to liquefy. I can reverse the process if ordered to do so. And I want to give that order. But you have to tell me. Where is Tedrin? So melting the guy's brain, I don't know. That's probably not a good idea. These coordinates. Assuming our prisoner told you the truth. Oh, believe me, he was very cooperative at the end. Neelix? I'm reading a fortified compound 1.6 kilometers beneath the surface. Chakotay, you and Tuvok take an assault team and find Tedran. Make sure he's escorted safely to Voyager. 
Yes, sir. The other thing that's kind of weird in this one for some but reason, no. they're not wearing Intruders. their communicators at all. just beamed into the engine room. Bridge to engineering. Respond. They've erected force fields. Our soldiers can't get in. They've left me no choice. Computer, initiate the Borg activation sequence. Sequence in progress. Bridge to seven of nine. State your instructions. A group of Kyrians is in the engine room. Stop them. We understand. They have uh, Seven of Nine still in her Borg look here, along with uh, a few other Borg aboard the ship. To um, and they're teleported into. Uh, Teleported, transported into engineering, or basically killing all these Kyrian guys that came aboard. Resistance is futile. Seven of nine to the bridge. The Kyrian threat has been neutralized. Acknowledged. Two of the Kyrians are still alive. You can tell the what actors are just them? having a great time playing. Well, you've been wanting to expand your fighting force. Differences in their. Uh, Assimilate them. We understand. You know, there the differences in the characters. The team. Good news, Lieutenant? Very. They've captured Tedrin and one of his aides. They're heading back to Voyager. Take them to Chamber 19. I get the Vaskin ambassador. I just like this little part. This is one negotiation he won't want to Even uh, Harry Kim, he kind of ducks underneath the, the railing to talk to Janeway instead of coming around and meeting her, you know, face to face. Just little subtle things like that that are different in this episode make it kind of interesting to see. And, Welcome aboard. And it, we were already like 12 some minutes in, and we don't really still know what's going on. What is all this going? Well. You know. It's not every day that we receive such an important visitor. The great Tedran, a man of wisdom and peace, a servant of his people. Well, your people need you now more than ever. So they brought this leader guy Speaking aboard, and. Uh, Tell your forces to stand down, and I'll call off my attack. I understand what the Vaskins want. More of our territory. More resources. But what do you want, Captain? Why are you doing this to us? He's offered my crew a way home. To reach your home, you would destroy ours? That's right. Yeah, I sure. Do the same we'll do that. <laughs> We're bad guys no, in this particular not. version of history here. Spoken like a true martyr. You are very enlightened. And he's but there. Are you so proud? I think that's his. He, they brought his wife with that him. There's a woman near him. Die before you'd humble yourself. <clears throat> Tell them to surrender. You have shamed us all. We could have ended this on our own, peacefully, without her. Surrender. No. Janeway grabs the uh, phaser rifle from the security guy herself. And he first shoots the woman in the back. We or she, she, she first... Uh, and now she's going behind this uh, Tedron guy. 
Don't look so shocked, Ambassador. This is what you wanted, isn't it? The ensuing conflict was brief but brutal. Two million Kyrians slaughtered within days. It's pretty uh, incredible and impressive that they have the such a Voyager detailed simulation of what they the dynasty think of as history. The Baskin leaders proceeded to occupy our lands, forcing my people into subservience. It took centuries for us to undo the damage that Captain Janeway had done, and the Kyrian struggle for equality is far from over. This simulation and this museum are a testament to that struggle. I hope you found your experience here worthwhile. If you'd like to learn more about Voyager and its role in the history of our planet, I suggest you explore the rest of this exhibit. Thank you for your time. There is a, uh, it looks like a piece of Voyager here, like a torpedo or something that's sitting there in the in this museum, this alien museum, and that one of the couple people went over and kind of looked at it. You see the name Voyager on it. So they're, uh, and then somebody's sort of fidgeting around with it too right now. I wouldn't touch that if I were you. One of the Voyager's torpedoes, 25 isoton yield. It could destroy an entire city within seconds. It's been inactive for centuries, but you never know. I'm only teasing. But please, be careful. If we damage any of these relics, they can never be replaced. The history of our people should be respected. I have a question about that history. Please. How can you prove that it's true? Take a closer look. The evidence is all around you. Some musty fossils and a recreation. That doesn't prove anything. I disagree. You're trying to blame the Vaskins for all your troubles the way you always do. I don't have a problem with your species. I have Kyrian friends. But I don't appreciate seeing my people being portrayed as villains in your little simulation. And I certainly don't want your history taught to my children. Well, you'd better get used to the idea. Because we've just uncovered an artifact that's going to confirm everything you've seen here. Three weeks ago, our research team found a data storage device buried nine meters beneath the ruins at Kesif. I've confirmed that it came from Voyager. Another fossil? The device contains active data, possibly crew logs, even Captain Janeway's personal almanac. In the next few days, we could be hearing Voyager's version of these events in their own words. And what if those words tell a different story? Exactly, yes. We will change our views accordingly. I'm sure you will. One of the points of this episode is basically, you know, that uh, the I way apologize. history is sometimes Please recorded, the rest you know, of your visit. Isn't there a phrase that, you know, history is recorded by the victors? You know, it's without real, real data and being there and information that you can confirm and reconfirm things, you have to be a little suspect of what, what's being told. And this obviously is a very distorted view of the way Voyager ever acted. And and now, like you said, he's got Activate this recreation. actual data. Voyager encounter. Display engine room. So this guy's able to create sort of a, you know, a holodeck kind of situation where he's actually walking around on Voyager or a recreation of Voyager. And he's bringing the I'm data. I'm work on Artifact 271. This artifact the that Voyager they found. Voyager data storage device. 
I've decided to try using period tools from the simulation itself. One of the characters you don't luck. see in this episode is Balana. She was uh, the actress uh, Roxanne Dawson was actually off on maternity leave at this point in time on the show, so she doesn't feature in this episode at all. You don't see her. Hmm. There's far more data here than I expected. Seems more like a program of some sort. Yes. Yes, it's an optronic data stream. A hologram. So he's uh, trying to pull up this information here, and it looks like... Please state the nature of the medical emergency. The doctor. Please state the nature of the medical emergency. I recognize you. You're Voyager's doctor. What am I doing in engineering? Where's my mobile emitter? You're not an android. Of course not. What are you talking about? Akirium. Doctor to the bridge, intruder alert. Security to engineering. You won't have much luck with that. Nothing in here is real. It's a simulation. A holodeck? No. You're in the Museum of Kyrian Heritage. You've stolen my program. How? Please, let me try to explain. Try quickly. You are a hologram. That I know. Uh, I just discovered your program inside this data storage device. That's the EMH backup module. One of your attack parties must have taken it from sickbay. Actually, we found it at the ruins of Kesef. I know this will be difficult for you to accept, but a great deal of time has passed since Voyager encountered the Kyrians. How much time? 700 years, give or take a decade. We're not certain. I don't believe you. Think about it. When your program is inactive, a moment or a millennium are the same to you. So this is obviously a sort of a backup copy of the Doctor, even though they always said that that wasn't really possible very easily, at what least. about my ship? What happened to my crew? No one knows. It's safe to say they're long dead. And I'm some sort of fossil? No, not a fossil. A witness. A living witness to history. There's so much we don't know about what happened. But you saw it. You lived through those times. You helped to shape them. Doctor, you could be the most important discovery of all time. No. This is impossible. Doctor. I don't believe you. Doctor! So he's able to, even with his, uh, the, the museum itself, he was able to, the doctor can run out into the rest of the museum. It must, you know, be able to display him there, too. And he just realizes he's not on Voyager What's anymore. What's going to happen to me now? Will you put me on display? The holographic Rip Van Winkle? I'm not sure. I want to try to contact Starfleet. If there still is a Starfleet. That will have to wait. Wait for what? There are other... Issues to be resolved. What kind of issues? You're the Voyager doctor. A lot of people are going to have questions. On our world, artificial life forms are considered sentient and responsible for their actions. You might have to face charges. Charges? 
for your crimes. You designed the bioweapons that killed eight million Kyrians. I did nothing of the sort. All of our evidence shows that you were a war criminal. Evidence? What evidence? Like this, for example? Triple armored hull, 30 torpedo tubes, 25 phaser banks? This isn't what our ship looked like. We reconstructed it from a partial schematic found in the Syric Ocean, which was badly damaged by corrosion. We were bound to get a few details wrong. Voyager <laughs> wasn't a warship. A few details. We were explorers. Yes, I know. Yeah. Trying to get home yeah, to we, Mars. We just Earth. Kind of you see, you couldn't even get that right. This is a nightmare. Yeah, they thought they were trying to get back to Mars. What's going probably to because Voyager was uh, supposedly built the there on Utopia Planitia. Your program could be decompiled. You've got to believe me. Robert Picardo is to just you, really good in this, this episode. He does a great to job. It's yesterday. I, he's probably one of the, you think, you know, well, one of the top-notch to best the of, the, of the actors I on the show. I want to see your version of what happened. We've already drained two phaser banks, and he hasn't hit anything. If you look he also is an actor, according to Tim Russ, when you look, read about his director stuff, that Tom's right. Robert Picardo likes to, to uh, five minutes. put a lot of suggestions in as they're filming, too. Tim Russ actually had to stop him. A direct assault. Led by you? Good luck. Watch your mouth, hedgehog. I haven't heard a single good idea. Well, then propose something, first officer. Earn your rank for once. No! Gentlemen. Gentlemen. Save it for the holodeck. We've got a war to fight. Yeah, it's kind of fun in the briefing We've room. They're all like having a little fight here. And, installations. A and, and the doctor is watching all this. The, the real doctor. Population. Excellent idea, Captain. I've examined the Kyrian genome, and they would be vulnerable to any number of biological weapons. How soon could you have one ready? Within the hour. Dismissed. Pure fiction. This is absurd. Halt recreation. This is a reasonable extrapolation from historic record. But if you'd like to point out any inconsistencies... Inconsistencies? I don't know where to begin. Granted, this looks like the briefing room, but these aren't the people I knew. No one behaved like this. Well, aside from Mr. Paris. <laughs> we weren't at each other's throats. We didn't talk about how to destroy planets. We helped people. We were an enlightened crew. Are you denying these events took place? Yes. Are you saying you never got involved with the conflict between my people and the Vaskins? Yes. Well, no, we did get involved, but it was nothing like this. Elaborate. There was a meeting in this room, but it wasn't about battle tactics. It was about a dilemma we were facing. We had negotiated a trade agreement with the Vaskins. We were dealing with a representative, Ambassador... Ambassador Dalith. Dalith, exactly. Everything was going according to plan until we were attacked by your people, the Kyrians. They'd picked that moment to start a war, and we were caught in the middle. But Kyrians were the aggressors? No, no, that can't be right. Captain Janeway called this meeting to figure out how we could extricate ourselves from the conflict and still maintain the trade agreement with the Vaskins. But we weren't on their side, and we certainly never attacked you. Save your objections until you see the entire recreation. Let's yeah, continue. well, if you believe the doctor, you know, and you believe the actual hologram that's there, and, you know, 
then this is all garbage that they've created. Now they're showing Janeway offing the, the leader the guy again. This is what you wanted, isn't it? Somewhere, halfway across the galaxy, I hope. Captain Janeway is spinning in her grave. You've portrayed us as monsters. <laughs> That's a great a line. Killer. The crew's a gang of thugs, and I'm a mass murderer. Calm yourself. Why should I? I'm about to be hanged for crimes I didn't commit. Tell me your version of events. I remember this man, Tedrin. He was a martyr to our people. Some martyr. He led the Kyrian attack against Voyager. You're lying. I was there. You're trying to protect yourself. And so are you. From the truth. Isn't it a coincidence that the Kyrians are being portrayed in the best possible light? Martyrs, heroes, saviors. Obviously, events have been reinterpreted to make your people feel better about themselves. Revisionist history. It's such a comfort. We were not the aggressors in the Great War. We were exactly. the victims. Exactly, you know, and it's 700 years ago, people. On this so, world. Uh, the Kyrian people are being oppressed to this day. The problems in your society are none of my business. I'm just telling you what I saw 700 years ago. I don't believe you, and neither will anyone else. What are you doing? Shutting down your program. Wait, please, I, I can prove to you I'm right. The medical tricorder, the artifact you have on display, if you just let me... Yeah, you know, when presented with Lies. something that that disrupts your whole life and what you've known all the all the time you've been alive, and, and all of a sudden somebody's telling you, "Oh, that's a bunch of junk. That's not the way it happened." Begin Probably hard to accept unless you are the data really somebody that's kind of enlightened tell, and, and was open. At least about one thing. He is a hologram, a backup program. We always knew he was an artificial life form, but we thought he was an android. No, Data was the android. <laughs> if we were mistaken about that, I wonder if we might also be wrong about Voyager itself. So, yeah, this guy's being a little bit reasonable and wondering. Another question. What may Why be would a really true? Designed for medical purposes, be programmed to lie so readily. From the moment I activated him, this doctor has insisted that he's innocent. At first, I didn't believe him. End dictation. Yeah, so this guy's starting to maybe wonder if something isn't quite the way it should be. Now he's in the museum, he's going over to where they have some props displayed of the ship. Well, they're not really props, I guess, devices on the show. A tricorder, a phaser, a pad. Oh, it's an iPad. No, it's just a regular pad. Activate recreation. The Voyager encounter. So this is a... Display medical chamber. He's trying to investigate a little further, obviously, see if what he, you know, what the doctor's saying might be true. Please One of the things sure they the decided medical... early on was that this would be an alien no. museum and not an Earth-based museum because they didn't want to give away too much about to what about. happened to Voyager in the future, really? how it got home, if it got home. I thought you'd heard enough of my lies. I judged you too quickly, I'm sorry. 
might so, change your mind. Yeah, first it was going to be possibly an Earth museum, but it was probably a smart idea to make it an alien museum. I don't appreciate being deactivated in the middle of a sentence. It brings back unpleasant memories. It won't happen again. Good. Because if you don't stop treating me like a second-class hologram, I won't cooperate with your investigation. I'm perfectly happy to lie dormant in that data module for a few eons. I didn't come here to argue. Then what do you want? I don't know. To talk, I guess, about what really happened 700 years ago. Are you sure you're willing to listen to a mass murderer like me? I'm willing to keep an open mind. That's the most I can promise. Try to understand my point of view. All my life, I thought I knew the truth. There was never any doubt. I never meant to throw your beliefs into doubt. But I can't deny what I know to be true. I realize that now. And I want to know the truth. And I want the Arbiters to know it, too. Well, the stage is certainly set. But I'll have to rewrite the characters and revise the plot a little. I'm quite adept in the art of holographic programming. If you'll give me access to your technology, maybe I can create a simulation of my own. Show you what happened. Don't worry, Ambassador. We've got plenty of medical supplies, and we'd be more than happy to share them with you. And we agree. In exchange, we'll provide you with as much dilithium as you need. That's very generous, Ambassador. I'll transport the canisters immediately. It would be in your best interest to make this exchange quickly. Oh? Why's that? We've been in conflict with the neighboring species, the Kyrians. They've been threatening to attack us. War could break out any day. So we've tried. This is obviously a, a retelling of the early scene, and Janeway looks more normal here. It looks like the way we're used to her, and and is acting a little bit more like the, the Captain Janeway we know. You might have better luck resolving this situation under different circumstances. Janeway to sick bay. This is the doctor. Ambassador Dalith and I have reached an agreement. Assemble the medical supplies. Done, Captain. The supplies are in cargo bay one. Once we transport the supplies to the surface, there may be a... Red alert. Captain Janeway to the bridge. We're being fired on by three ships. Oh. The Curians. Hail them. Channel open. This is Captain Janeway of the Starship Voyager. We are not your enemies. Please break off your attack. They're not responding. I'd advise you to retreat, Captain. Shields down to 86%. Break out of orbit. Put some distance between us. Yes, ma'am. Four intruders. They're in engineering. Janeway to engineering. Balana, respond. Tuvok. I don't quite get how they supposedly got through the shields and beat Take as it. much of their technology as you can. You will fail. Drop your weapons. Back away. Seven is there uh, sort of as a hostage. It's a couple other engineering people, too. Tuvok um, lowered his weapon as they ran out the door. Tuvok to Janeway. Go ahead. The Carrions have killed three of the engineering crew. They've taken seven of nine and one of the injured crew members hostage. They're now on deck two, section 32. Acknowledged. Remember your offer to make me a diplomat? Well, it looks like I don't have much of a choice. Tell the doctor we have casualties. Have him meet us on deck two. Janeway to Tuvok. 
We're approaching Section 31. The evacuation of Deck 2 is complete. Send three security teams to this deck, then seal all the access points. Acknowledged. How typical of the Kyrians. What do you mean? They fight the same way they live, deviously. Janeway to Tuvok. Tuvok here. The Kyrians are in the mess hall. We're going in. Security is on the way. I'll go first, Captain, and draw any fire if need be. Your crew is heroic, Captain. I just happen to be invulnerable to phaser fire, but I appreciate the compliment. Captain? <laughs> yeah. They can't hit me. I'm a hologram. Tedrin, this is between us. Leave these people out of it. I know what you're doing. An alliance with these aliens. We were trading with them, nothing more. You expect me to believe that? You plan to use this ship to destroy us. We wouldn't need help if we wanted to destroy you. We didn't realize you were fighting with the Vaskins. Now, lay down your weapons, and I promise you won't be harmed. No! So the other guy, uh, the ambassador guy shot He's dead. Tedrin as Seven sort of knocked him to the ground. Computer freeze program. A tragic, needless death. But as you can see, Voyager was not responsible. After Tedrin was killed, Voyager was attacked by nine Kyrian ships. My program was disabled, most likely when they stole my backup module. The next thing I knew, I was standing next to this gentleman, seven centuries later. Very entertaining. I'll admit your hollow technology is new to me. I had to extrapolate in a few places, but I assure you this is an accurate recreation. Perhaps. Or perhaps it's the fabrication of a war criminal who's afraid for his life. Do you have any evidence to support your explanation? In fact, I do. I've confirmed that this is the same tricorder I used to scan Tedrin at the moment of his death. If I can access the bio-readings inside, I can prove that he was killed by a Vaskin weapon, not by Captain Janeway. Can this be done? I've been trying to decipher the instrument for years, but with the doctor's help. I fail to see what this would prove. Tedrin died on Voyager, a victim of a conspiracy to oppress my people. The weapon used, who fired it, this is all beside the point. Was there a conspiracy? Did Voyager really help my ancestors to start the Great War? Or were Kyrians the aggressors, as my people have always believed? Now, this casts doubt on everything. But it doesn't change the fact that my children can't attend the same academies as yours, or that we are forced to live outside of the city center. Today's problems are not at issue here. This is about history. Look, I don't know who started your war. All I'm saying is that Voyager wasn't responsible. I can't believe that you would cooperate with this murderer. You of all people, you built this museum. The facts are turning out to be more complex than I expected. We shouldn't be listening to this hologram. I want him arrested and charged for the crimes we know he committed. That's not your decision to make. No, it's not, is it? I'm only on this commission because you needed a token Kyrian. Please, this isn't about race. It's always about race. You seize every opportunity to keep yourselves in power. I'm sorry you see it that way. I think we are obligated to hear what the doctor has to say. Proceed with your investigation. Yes, Arbiter. Well, at least they're being, some of them for your are being reasonable and trying to get to the truth, but, you know, rewriting all this hundreds of years, years of history is a tricky still situation. still caught in the middle of your little dispute. One might have hoped for a bit of social progress in the interim. Change never comes easily for us. 
That's an understatement. I've entered the specifications that you gave me. Let's give it a try. Close enough. This diagnostic tool should help me get past the initial encryption sequences. Too bad we can't recreate Bellana Torres. Torres, the chief transporter operator. Chief engineer. You might want to make the correction in your history books. What was she like, Torres? I suppose we've gotten her personality wrong, too. Starting to believe me, are you? Well, let's just say I'm trying to keep an open mind. Belana Torres. Intelligent, beautiful, and with a chip on her shoulder the size of the Horsehead Nebula. She also had a kind of vulnerability that made her quite endearing. You miss her and the others. From my perspective, I saw them all only a few days ago. But in fact, it's been centuries. And I'll never see them again. Did they ever reach home? I wonder. I've always wondered that too. From as far back as I can remember. Really? Ever since I was a small child, the first time I heard the name Voyager, it conjured up my imagination. Even though we were the bad guys? That didn't matter. I was too young to understand the implications. The fact that you were so far from home, traveling across the stars, I found it all very heroic. I suppose Voyager is what made me fall in love with history. If it means anything to you, you would have made a fine member of our crew. Now something's going on. I hope that's Obviously, part of the simulation. It's uh, they're being no, uh, it isn't. somehow blasted or attacked here in the museum. So this group of like uh, vandals are busted into the museum here and they're destroying things. So if, I guess if you know the museum or history doesn't go the way you want, you just start banging it up. <laughs> I kind of like wonder why, like how long it takes the police to show up or whatever, but. We know about the hologram. This museum is filled with lies. Stop! Listen to me! We've listened long enough! They're using photon grenades. We've got to take cover this way. And the doctor helps him up, but he, but he loses his tricorder in the process. He kind of leaves it on the ground. So basically, it was the is the Kyrians here that. What's happening? I've been hearing weapons. It's getting worse. Protests, vandalism. Two people have been killed. Don't worry, they've cordoned off the museum. We're safe for now. That's not what I'm concerned about. Two deaths, a race riot, all because of me? You were only the catalyst. The pressure's been building for years. It was only a matter of time before something set it off. Have you found the tricorder? Not yet. It's crucial that we do. The Kyrians are demanding you be punished for your crimes, but the Vaskins want to hear your version of events again. 
They want to continue the investigation. What's going to happen? I don't know. Yeah, so since the, the you know, the Vaskins are, are pretty upset. The Kyrians are very angry. They're talking about another war. And there's only one solution. Delete my program. I've become a kind of symbol for this conflict. As long as I'm around, your people are going to keep on fighting. I'll show you how to decompile my program. You can say I was damaged in the attack last night. No one will hold you responsible. I can't do that to you. Then I'll do it myself. No! I'm a medical hologram. Programmed to do no harm. But I'm doing harm on a global scale. Ever since you reactivated me, I've been concerned with clearing Voyager's good name. But that's not important now. There's more at stake. A few days ago, I might have agreed with you. But what about the facts? Facts be damned! Names, dates, places. It's all open to interpretation. Who's to say what really happened? And ultimately, what difference does it make? What matters is today and the future of your people. Doctor, you were there. You can't deny what happened. I can. And I will. Tedwin was a martyr for your people. A hero. A symbol of your struggle for freedom. Who am I to wander in 700 years later and take that away from you? History has been abused. We keep blaming each other for what happened in the past. If you don't help us now, it could be another 700 years. He's got a good point there, you know, that, that it's, it's better to clear the Let's air, find that tricorder. clear things up, and get it right finally, and then deal with that rather than just keep to you know keep perpetuating a lie and a, and and just misinformation and now they're being it's looked a pivotal at moment in our history as a result of the doctor's testimony a dialogue was opened between our peoples eventually we found a new respect for our divergent cultures and traditions the efforts of people like Quarren and the doctor paved the way for unity Quarren died six years later, but he lived long enough to witness the dawn of harmony. And the doctor? Well, he served as our surgical chancellor for many years, until he decided to leave. He took a small craft and set a course for the Alpha Quadrant, attempting to trace the path of Voyager. He said he had a longing for home. This So there are actually another group of uh, people, historians, watching the the final real recreation there at the end, which is a nice little twist because, you know, it's like they're watching in on the Doctor and Quarren trying to finally, you know, set things right. You know, so that's it. That's Living Witness. I think it's a cool episode. I like the idea of, I've always thought that, you know the idea of history and you know when a, when a certain point of view is told and, and then told again and then other people write it down and things can get distorted without having real facts and real information it's it's, it's a real interesting view and, and and something to think about and something that uh, Star Trek would be good at you know to kind of break the mold and, and try to think outside you know what was you know what everyone just kind of accepted and maybe not so actually true in the end and uh so there you have that episode of star trek voyager from season four hope you guys enjoyed that and uh i think uh tim russ uh, you know tuvok did a great job directing it and i 
it was real, real obvious too. The the fun thing about this episode, obviously, is is all the different uh, actors getting to play alternate versions of themselves in sort of a different way. Uh, again, very mirror, mirror, like where there's the, they're kind of this evil, warlike and, and and nasty versions of of Janeway and the rest, and seeing Neelix even being kind of nasty like that, and uh, and Chakotay. Uh, especially was, was a lot of fun. So uh, it's a cool episode. Uh, check it out if you get a chance uh, up on Netflix or whatever other way you watch your Star Trek these days. Uh, I'm going to take a break, but while I'm taking a break, I'm going to play some comments. Uh, got a couple of comments on this episode from you guys. I think the first one I'm going to play here is from Rick Moyer and what he has to say about uh, this episode of uh, Voyager. Yo, hey everybody, it's Rick Moyer, Moyer777 from the forums. Rico, what a cool episode of Voyager, yeah, Living Witness. What do I like about this episode? There's a lot of things I like. As with all Star Trek episodes that take the regular characters that we're used to and we love and we've come to adore, and then they switch them around a bit and get to see them act differently... I love that. For some reason, it's just a really cool thing, and I like it in any of the franchises of Star Trek. But in Voyager, it was kind of cool. It reminded me of that episode that they do. Um, remember when the Doctor makes like a holodeck thing up and changes all the, the characters, and, and uh, or a bunch of them are playing this thing where they make the characters, uh, the, the people on the ship, into different characters that are mean and stuff like that. Anyway, it reminded me of that. But uh, really, really liked it. And here's what I really like about this episode, because the main theme all the way around is never assume anything. Just because you have a little bit of the information doesn't mean you have the whole picture. And I think that's exactly what they were trying to get across in this particular episode. So I really liked it. Again, let me see. What would I give this episode, Living Witness? Um... I'm going to give it four out of five stars. That's how much I liked it. A lot of fun to see all the different uh, variations on the characters. And I was so glad in the end everything got worked out. So it was way cool. So that's my comments on Living Witness. Thanks, Rico, for everything you do. You were awesome. If you want some cool geeky music, come on over to StarTrekParodies.com and download a bunch of free music. And you can jam to them like the inner geek. And let your inner geek come out like I do. Enjoy. See you later, everybody. God bless. Thank you very much, Rick, for your uh, comments on this episode. Yeah, you're right. It's a- it's absolutely true. You can't you can't assume everything. There's a lot of times I think in life, not just you know people that write history and. And, and, and big things like happen here. But there's a lot of people that, that get little bits of information and get the wrong idea, wrong impression. I mean, we're all kind of guilty of it. You kind of have to do it in a way just to kind of, you know, you, you 
things happen and you, and you put together the pieces as best you can. But as I, I think the biggest thing is always to keep an open mind, always be open to new possibilities or new ways of thinking. And as long as you've got that and you kind of hold on to that, then then I think you're okay. You know, if you kind of make up your mind about a certain thing or a certain situation, but if somebody presents something else, then you have to be big enough to kind of accept that. And I, I you know, that that's again a, a good thing for Star Trek to show. And, and I think one of the one of the hallmarks, in a way, of it, of the, you know, the, the, all the series that they do, and the sort of a principle that they've always got, is that there's always more to learn and more to explore out there in the galaxy. Uh, next up, we've got Mark uh, and his comments about this episode. Hey, Rico, this is Mark Daniels from the Great Pacific Northwest. I'm M5 on the Treks and Sci-Fi board, and here are my comments for the Voyager episode, Living Witness. I like this episode a whole lot. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Doctor, and this episode is, is just great. First of all, it starts off with a depiction of the Voyager crew as being ruthless. They're, they're wearing black dickies, they wear black gloves, the interior of the ship is dark, and they just do bad things. I kind of think of this as Voyager's Mirror Mirror episode. So that's how it starts off. Then you come to find out that that's just a projection. It's not really them. It's, it's through the archives. And then they find a backup copy of the doctor and they, and they revive him and he sees it and he's just mad. And he says, I got to, this is not how it is. Voyager's a good crew and we, we, I'm going to show you how it really was. So by doing this, he starts a, some civil distress in the society that he's in. And it's just a really great episode. If, if you like Robert Picardo, you gotta watch this episode. I can't, I can't endorse it any more than that. It's a great episode. And, uh, Rico, I'd like to say thank you for covering this episode and take care. Bye bye. Well, thanks very much, Mark. I appreciate that. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great Robert Picardo episode. And I think it's a great episode for the other actors, too. It's well, it's well played by all of them, uh, well directed. I, I like it when they, change the looks of the crew a little bit you know they change their uniforms like you said and they make the ship just slightly different a very much uh like i mentioned and you guys you know the very mirror mirror style kind of to this one and and but a different way of doing it you know with this alternate history and the doctor you know saying no no that's not the way it was exactly so uh, very cool and thanks you guys for your comments uh next up here i'm going to cover uh, a book review, a Star Trek book review. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, a book uh, called The Star Trek Vault. Uh, this is, uh, it's, it's a big, oversized, kind of what's called a coffee table style book uh, for Star Trek. Not a small paperback, not even a small book that you can easily put on the shelf, but it, it's a big, it came in actually a big box from Amazon, probably twice as big as the book itself. The book is maybe about a uh, a foot or more across. Let me see. I got my ruler right here. Uh, it is, yeah, it's about, it's about a foot by 11 inches wide. So it's like 12 by 11 in size, but it, it's, it's pretty neat. And the, the, the premise of this, and they've done a few other vault style books. I know Brian on the forum got an alien vault book, but it's, uh, I'm trying to see how many pages it is about. It's about 120-ish pages. And what it does is, uh, these vault books do, is they go through a, a particular subject. This one, of course, Star Trek. And they kind of go through the history of it. And they have little things in their photos. And also little inserts, like little uh, little 
diagrams or small little photographs, or there's even in this Star Trek vault book a, uh, a little decal thing, a reproduced decal that would be like an iron-on, not really a decal, an iron-on uh, uh, for a T-shirt. Uh, which uh, says keep on trekking and I even remember way way back in the early days of Star Trek uh, for me and fandom that you could send away for these little iron-on things and I got my mom I think to iron on to a t-shirt and I wore you know this isn't where you could walk in to a store and buy a Star Trek t-shirt or go on the internet uh, and I always sound like or feel like I'm kind of old when I when I uh, talk about that but anyway this is a cool little thing they go through all the uh, various Star Trek series they talk about the movies, and they show little bits and, and some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, and talk about them uh, on you know a few, devote a few pages to each subject, and and it's really cool. And I think if I'm trying to remember, I think on Amazon.com, I think it was only around 25. I think the retail price is maybe about 40. Let me look it up real quick here. Well, um. Uh, just talking to you guys about it right now. There's also a lot of these other vault books. There's a there's a Spider-Man vault. I think there's some for the the comic books like Marvel and DC. Uh, and but they it's it's a nice little nice little concept. I think there may be uh, I think there's a Star Wars one too. Let me look real. I'll look it up. Yeah, let's see. It's only twenty five dollars and eighty six cents on Amazon. Which if it's a little over twenty five. Uh, yeah, there is a, the Star Wars vault. I'm looking at that right now, too. And I think that came out a couple of years ago. I have that around here somewhere. But it, it, it's a nice little uh, nice little item. And you'll you'll get to see, uh, like, they'll have pictures of old collectibles and toys. It's by no means comprehensive. If you want something that shows, like, every uh, little thing that came out, like a, or a history of one of the particular Star Trek series, there's more detailed books on that. But this is kind of an overview. There's some photos in this that are that are a little unusual, even some things that I haven't quite seen before, some pictures from uh, different behind-the-scenes stuff on some of the movies and TV shows. And again, there's all these neat little inserts, a little uh, drawings, like there's a there's a drawing for at one point when they're talking about Star Trek The Next Generation of the little Borg arm, a, a little drawing that they did for the Borg arm that, that Picard wore in Best of Both Worlds. Uh, you know, kind of a sketch of that that they were uh, to create it for uh, the prop guys and all. Uh, just nice little neat things, and especially somebody that's been a fan for a long time like myself, it brings back some memories of some old collectibles and toys. Some of the early uh, Mego toys and, and that uh, are, are shown in there, and uh, very much worth to me the $25. Uh, and probably to you guys too, with the holidays coming, you know, put it on your Christmas list and a very easy gift to buy. You can just go over to Amazon and get it pretty, uh, pretty easily that way. So the Star Trek Vault book, check it out, and uh, I think you'd enjoy it. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's edition of Treks in Sci-Fi. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, you guys are, uh, I really appreciate you downloading and listening each week. Uh, please feel free to put up a review on iTunes, make a donation to the podcast. There's links to do both of those things on the main treksinsci-fi.com website. You can also use the shortcut link Trek SF to get to the uh, main site. And I put up podcast notes each week there. Try to put up stories uh, related to the entertainment world of geeks and TV movies, Star Trek stories there. So, yeah, make sure you check out the main site. If you're not a forum member, 
the forum, uh, you can join it. You just need to send me an email, treksf at gmail.com, and I'll set you up with, uh, you know, send me an email with the username that you want, and I'll set you up on the forum. Got a lot of uh, great people there, always some fun conversations about different topics going on, and I, I think you guys would enjoy being uh, a member of our little happy crew, so check that out when you get a chance. Next week, uh, like I said earlier, we're going to do a Doctor Who episode. That is going to come out uh, next Sunday, uh, there's going to be a group of us talking on Skype about the last part of uh, the season, uh, the series of Doctor Who that just finished up. Uh, after that, the next week will be a DS9 episode, Wrongs Darker Than Death or Night is the name of that episode. And then on October 30th, like I said, I want your spooky and scary stories sent in for a Halloween treat here on Treks and Sci-Fi. So get thinking about that. Get something recorded, you know, maybe five or so minutes long, give or take in a couple of minutes, and send those on in, and uh, I'll start uh, looking those over and listening and getting ready for that show. So everyone, have a great week. Take care of yourselves, and be careful out there on the roads, crazy drivers sometimes, and and just uh, just uh, enjoy the uh, nice weather if you've still got that. I, I hope we have ours for a little bit longer. I'm going to really be uh, sad when we get down to, like, you know, having 30-degree days is the high. Uh, I'm not a big winter guy, and it just, uh, you know, it's, it's too long. Lasts way too long. So, all right, take care. I will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, folks. This has been a Rick Dosti podcast production.